On this episode, you will learn how to never fail, how to endure every obstacle and win in life, positioning yourself with divine power to be a positive solution for what the world needs today. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited to continue talking about love. You know, there was an old song that was titled, What the World Needs Now is Love. Love, sweet love. And if there was ever a day that the world needs love, we are in that day now. We need lovers, those who will love people, all people. And as I said on the last episode, God is love. So we need real God people to come on the scene and show God's love. Not religious people condemning people who don't live like them. Real lovers that will put helping people, blessing people first. And they're coming. And God will bless these lovers with prosperity and power. Listen to Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 that are talking about this time. Blow you the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in the holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord comes and it is nine at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There has not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. I'll continue in a moment, but notice it says great. As I've said before, these will be great lovers that come forth. In verse three, a fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, which means God has provided a table, a blessing before them. And it says, behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen, so shall they run. You know, over the years, God has turned up the power on his people. And it happens suddenly. Now, you notice here it says that they'll be like horsemen. In other words, it's going to show up. They're going to show up in a hurry. These lovers will be given the resources to make a positive difference in the world. As I said on the last episode, God has set up the kingdom in such a way that he does far more for the lover. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, 
that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we asked or think according to the power that works in us. And the power that he's talking about here is love. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's love is in you. Listen to Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. God's love is in you. You just have to make the choice to walk in it. After Jesus went to the cross and was raised from the dead, the apostles that walked with him moved in this love. Listen to Acts chapter 4, verses 32 and 33. And the multitude of them that believe were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. If you read the book of Acts, you'll notice that there's miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that happened. And the reason it was happening is because of this love. The secret to their great power and their great grace was their great love. David said in Psalms 91.1, he that lives in the secret place of the most high God will live under the shadow of the almighty. The secret place he was talking about is love. If you're that close to God, you'll have great power and great grace. God can trust you with this power and grace because you have the right motive. You know, the world tries to find the best motivator to move people to work harder, to buy their product, to go to their school. But the people of God have the greatest motivator of all. And it's still a secret to most, love. There is only one motivator that will never fail. It will endure every obstacle put in your path. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunts not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. You hear that? It says love never fails. We may get knocked down. We may be talked about, done wrong, but we keep going in love and we will not fail. Because our motive is right, God supplies us a grace and power to endure. The Apostle Paul had so much love for people that he constantly put his life on the line to get the good news about Jesus Christ out to the world. And one time he went to God about the attacks that Satan was bringing against him. And God said, my grace is sufficient. The essence of what God was saying was, if you continue in love, my grace is sufficient to supply you all the power you need to overcome every attack of Satan. The same thing is true for us. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. As we stay in love, putting people first, God will supply all we need to win in life. And when we win in life, 
others will see our success and want to know how we succeeded. And this gives us the opportunity to tell them about our great God of love. And from this, others will become lovers who win in life. And now we've started a cycle of love. This is what Jesus did. He lived for people. He loved people and got 12 disciples that loved like him. They blessed people with healing and deliverance. After he died, 120 were waiting for the Holy Spirit to empower them. Then 3,000 came into the kingdom. Then 5,000 came into the kingdom. And it kept going until Satan got in among the leadership and turned Christianity into a religion. And so the power faded from the church. But God is bringing us back, and the foundation is love. Listen to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. To receive from God, we have to have faith. But the foundation for faith is love. Why? Because love gives us the fuel to endure until what we have faith for shows up. It's through faith and patience that we receive from God. Most of the things we believe God for will not show up instantly. And Satan will do everything he can to get us to faint and give up. And everything he brings will be rooted in selfishness. And if you and I stay in love, unselfish love, seeing the end result of our faith and the people it will bless, you and I will weather the storm he brings. Being rooted and grounded with faith and love gives us a place with God where we produce much fruit. And we can ask God for anything in this place. Listen to John chapter 14. I'm going to start reading at verse 31, which is the last verse of the chapter. And I'm going to continue through 15, chapter 15, verse 17. Here's what it says. But that the world may know that I love the Father. This is Jesus talking. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Now, I'm going to stop for a moment. This is Jesus telling them, let us go hence. I believe he took them to a vine to give them a visual of what happens as they stay attached to him and to the Father. Listen to what it says, verse 1 of chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husband. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. See, the purging is for you to bring forth more fruit. Verse three, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Live in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It's accepted live in the vine. No more can you except you live in me. I am the vine, says Jesus. You are the branches. He that lives in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man live not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you will live in me and my words live in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. This is talking about faith and love. See, he says, if you live in me, which is love, and my words live in you, that's faith in the words. If the word is living in you, that means that you have faith in your heart. And he says, in, if these two things are in you, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. Again, verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. 
so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will live in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandment and lived in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and your joy might be full. He's telling us if we will operate in this and abide in him and his word abides in us, joy is going to be there in our hearts. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you may bring forth much fruit. Now, with all that said, what kind of fruit should we be producing? Everything that is in God. In Haggai chapter two, God says that the silver and the gold is mine. So I should be manifesting prosperity fruit. In Psalms 103, it says that God has healed us of all diseases, so I should be manifesting health fruit. It also says in Psalms 103 that God would satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I should have youthful fruit and not age like other people. We read earlier in Galatians 5, and 23 that we should have the fruit of joy and peace and so forth. All of this is in God and it should be in us. All that is good should come on the life of someone who is living in a good God, and a good God is living in them. And that's what the verses that I just read are saying. If we want the best that God has to offer, it comes by living in his love. And if I'm living in his love, I'm loving people unselfishly. God is looking to do great things through his people today. And if we look back at the people he used greatly in the past, we will see that they were lovers. We see it with Moses. God was frustrated with his people and because they wouldn't believe him over and over again. And he was ready to destroy them and start all over with Moses. But Moses prayed 40 days and 40 nights to change God's mind because he loved the people. We see it with Abraham. God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the sexual perversion that was going on there. And Abraham did all he could to intercede for them because he loved people. If you study the life of David, you'll see the same love for people. God is looking in this day for lovers. He will bless his lovers on another level and put many of them before the world to show his glory, to show his power, and to show his love. You can be one. God does not care about your background, where you're from, how you look. He's looking at your heart. Will you love and keep loving? Next scripture is in Ecclesiastic chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Here's what it says. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, 
a time of war and a time of peace. If we look at the world today, it's time to love, unselfish love. What the world needs now is love. If not you, then who? Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.